Hello, and welcome to Moving Markets by Julius Baer. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Good morning. My name is John T. Warris. I'm an investment writer at Julius Baer in Zurich, and I'll start off today's episode with an overview of what's happened in the markets. Making the headlines today is news that former US President Donald Trump plans to make what he calls a big announcement next week from his Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida. This is his strongest indication yet that he will run for president in 2024. And today, market participants are of course widely awaiting the US midterm elections. And we'll hear more on the midterms from senior economist David Meyer in just a moment. Over to equity markets in the US now where the S&P 500 index closed yesterday near its session highs, gaining 1%, as investors eagerly await the midterm elections and inflation data out later this week. Eight of the S&P's 11 sectors contributed positively, with outperformers including telecom, energy and tech stocks, and attractors including real estate, consumer discretionary and utilities. The tech-heavy Nasdaq 100 closed up 1.1%, with Meta posting strong positive returns for the day. In the fixed income space, US Treasuries are little changed, with the 10-year advancing two basis points to 4.23% and the two-year at 4.72. Over to Asia now, where the markets are painting a mixed picture this Tuesday morning. Chinese equities have broken their stride following the rally seen in recent days, all trading in the red this morning. Japanese stocks are leading the pack, with the Nikkei gaining around 1.3% and the topics up around 1.2% as US and European futures edge lower. Tech companies were among the worst performers among Chinese and Hong Kong listed stocks, reversing their recent rally amid subdued investor sentiment, given the recent increase in coronavirus infections and the Chinese authorities' comments to maintain their zero COVID policy. Yesterday, China reported 7,323 new local COVID-19 cases. This is the highest daily number since the end of April, according to data from China's National Health Commission. And down under, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand's governor, Adrian Orr, has just been reappointed for a second five-year term. Orr will now be tasked with seeing through a hawkish tightening cycle as the central bank battles to maintain a grip on inflation. Looking to currencies now, the US dollar made small gains versus all of its group of 10 currencies. The Bloomberg dollar spot index fell 0.4% yesterday, extending its 1.7% decline from Friday, its worst day in two and a half years. Most other currency pairs saw sideways trading, with the euro falling 0.1% against US dollar and the Japanese yen little changed at 146.65. Briefly moving to commodities, where we see oil prices moving lower, with West Texas intermediate crude falling 0.4% to 91.42 a barrel, and the gold spot fell 0.3% to 1670.05 an ounce. We saw sharper declines in cryptocurrencies, with Bitcoin losing 4.9% and Ether falling 6.6%. So what can we expect for the day ahead? European equity futures are pointing to a somewhat mixed open this morning, looking mainly set to open in the green as traders assess the outlook for the US midterm elections. Data releases today include Italian retail sales and company earnings expected today include updates from IT firm Aviva, Bayer, Henkel, Pandora and Salvatore Ferragamo. And that's it for the market's wrap. I'd now like to hand over to David Meyer, senior economist, who will give us a preview of what we can expect from the U.S. midterm elections. Over to you, David. Good morning, John T. Thanks, and uh, good morning to everybody listening. Uh, what usually happens at midterms is that the party in control of the White House gets punished by voters, and this time around, uh, there's little to believe that things will be much different. Approval ratings of the president and his administration play an important role in electing representatives, 
And we all know that President Joe Biden's ratings fell from general approval to disapproval in only six months after he took office in January 2021. And this now argues for a change of power in Congress. So according to the latest polls, uh, the Republican Party is very likely to win back control of the House of Representatives. And also the Democrats' slim majority in the Senate is on the brink of tipping. So it will be the Senate elections uh, that will decide uh, whether only a split Congress, so a Republican House and a Democratic Senate, or whether a full Republican sweep will be the final outcome. Uh, in focus here uh, are the races in Arizona, Georgia, and Nevada, where the Democrats might lose the Senate seats that they have been holding. And in Pennsylvania, uh, which is also in a so-called toss-up situation, so just too close to call. Um, betting markets, in fact, believe that the Republican sweep is now the most likely scenario. So we are most probably heading uh, to a gridlock uh, where the Democratic president is facing off against either the Congress or Republican Congress. And the big question now is, what does this mean for the economy and for markets? Um, we think that the uh, direct impact on the economy is rather limited. Uh, and the gridlock scenario is also considered to be more market-friendly than, for instance, should the Democrats retain control of Congress. Why this? Um, because a gridlock makes large-scale stimulus programs unlikelier in the future, and with that, reduces uncertainty. So in a gridlock, uh, the economic policy of uh, Biden's administration will in the next two years likely focus more on regulation than on fiscal measures, because the financing of fiscal measures uh, would require congressional approval that would be very hard to get. Now, this reduces the risk of further rises also in U.S. government bond yields because unpleasant surprises with regard to U.S. public debt are less likely to occur. So the market friendliness of this scenario is based on reduced economic or fiscal policy uncertainty. And historical comparisons show uh, that gridlocks lead to higher equity returns. At the same time, however, I'd also like to mention that the scope for stabilizing economic growth would diminish, and this could have some importance should the effects of the rapid monetary policy tightening this year weigh more heavily on the economy than currently expected. So let's see what happens today. Um, probably I should still mention that there's some risk that the results will be contested in the heat of that political environment. So it could take some time until the final results are available. And with that, back to you, John T. Thanks very much for your insights, David. And that brings us to the end of today's episode of the Moving Markets podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again soon. Bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.